What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Take a 20. want to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, whether this be your first episode or been with me since the very beginning. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And we have made it to the end of the season. It finally is here, playoff time. The play-in tournament starts tomorrow. Tuesday, recording this pod on Monday, it'll be up on Monday, so you guys will be able to hear my opinions before the play-ins start and can keep me accountable on on my predictions. Uh, So before I dive into that, uh, basically, I just want to touch on a few different things that are happening around the league. Um... First, want to talk about Frank Vogel's firing. Um, that's something that I was really expecting a lot sooner than later to happen. Um, to be completely honest, I didn't think that they were going to allow Frank Vogel to actually coach through the entire regular season. I was very surprised that they allowed him to stay in his position. Um, but it was kind of like the writing on the wall from the very beginning of the season just the type of team that they built and gave to him, it's it's not even close or reminiscent to any Frank Vogel team. And, you know, Frank Vogel is a very good defensive coach, but if you take away all of his tools, then there's what else does he have? Uh, essentially, he's... Like, for lack of a better term, just sitting on an island and hoping for the best. Now, I don't think Frank Vogel deserved to get fired. I do think that Frank Vogel is better as a part of a coaching staff, not a head coach. Um some of the adjustments that he makes on the fly, I don't really like him out of timeouts. I also don't really like the plays that he's drawn up. Um, but, you know, some of the blame does need to go on Frank Vogel for the Lakers season just because he he is the head coach. He is the one who's supposed to make hard decisions. And one of those hard decisions should have been Russell Westbrook coming off the bench from the very beginning of the season uh, just because it would have really taken care of a lot of the issues that plagued the Lakers for the entire season. Um, Also, he, but I also have to say he doesn't deserve majority or doesn't deserve to be the sole blame um, I really believe that Rob Lenka is the one who should be getting majority of this blame, uh, just because he is the one who actually signed off on all of these contracts, brought all of these players here. You know, Jeannie Buss deserves some of the criticism, so does Kurt Rambis. Um, everybody who was involved in actually assembling this season's Laker team deserves some sort of blame of how this season ended. Um, Anthony Davis, I feel, is 
a player that just it is very unfortunate. I'm not going to dive too deep into the Lakers. I've talked about them at nauseum. Um, their their season is done. I just wanted to talk about Frank Vogel very briefly um, because I do believe that he deserves to be in the NBA as a coach. Um, as a head coach, I don't really see it as somebody for for him to be added to somebody's staff. Like I feel the same way about Frank Vogel that I feel about Tom Thibodeau and also Alvin Gentry, who I'll get to in a, in a moment. Actually, both of those coaches I'll get to in a moment. Um, I feel like they're all just better suited to be like the head assistant coach or the defensive schemes coach or the offensive schemes coach for Frank Vogel and Tom and Gentry offense, obviously. Um, but with Frank, I, I think that there is a very good chance he ends up on another team, uh, possibly as a head coach, but I really do think that he would much better be served within a, a staff. Um, also with the Lakers, they didn't allow him to hire his own staff. They chose who he was going to be bringing on. So that's, that's another thing, wherever he goes next, maybe it'll show it was more so him and the coaching staff, not really seeing eye to eye because those aren't his people. That isn't his team. Um, and so when when that happens, there are definitely clashing philosophies going on. So that could have also been a contributing factor to this season's poor uh, performance. But I, I do think that Frank Vogel deserves to be a coach. He's a great defensive coach. Um, but, you know, it is very unfortunate that the Lakers decided to make him the scapegoat. But I think that this is literally the best thing that could have happened to Frank Vogel. He's I was just listening to a low post pod today and is is very true. Frank Vogel has won a championship. The entire roster credited Frank Vogel for getting them to buy in defensively and said that the championship was due to Frank Vogel's coaching. So he has those two things going for him. The Lakers over these past three to four years have really painted themselves as of like one of the worst places to be a coach, to be a player. They honestly to be an executive, it it doesn't seem like the Lakers value what some of the other teams like I I hate to make this comparison because I am a Clipper fan and it makes it sound like I'm really ragging on the Lakers but it's just like when you look at the two different franchises the Clippers and Lakers it's the Clippers are working in ways where it's just like all right we have a plan for the future and we have a plan for today we can give you both we can give you it in a five-point pr- presentation. But the Lakers, on the other hand, are constantly trying to figure out their present and their future. They don't have a set plan. They are constantly readjusting the plan. They'll make a plan, change that plan in three months. 
this is something that I feel is going to really drag along for the Lakers. They've mistreated players who have gone out and actually played a whole lot better in different situations. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, like Larry Nance Jr. All of these players were pretty much dogged by the Lakers. And now they're other places doing extremely well. Alex Caruso is another one of those players who is just being a star. So it there's so many other players that I can go on and on and on about, but is just the Lakers are very much painting themselves as some place that you do not want to play basketball. You do not want to be a coach there. Um, and it's going to take some time for them to rehash their image. The Lakers are the Lakers. That's never going to change. There's always going to be some players out there that just want to play for the Lakers. But also, players do care about how franchises treat their players, treat their, like, essentially their big dogs. And, you know, Russell Westbrook has been poorly treated um Anthony Davis is being treated very very well but it's a a lot of the season's shortcomings are due to him not actually being out on the floor so it is just very very interesting to see that whole dynamic happening with the Lakers whereas the Clippers are now like the the poster child for functioning for a functioning franchise and you know it is very unfortunate because I love basketball and still one of my biggest things is I want to see the Clippers and Lakers play each other in the playoffs like but the way that is going it honestly probably will not happen um but moving right along, I want to touch on Alvin Gentry. He also got fired from the Sacramento Kings, though they are discussing about him moving into a front office role. Probably something that both sides had discussed um, actually when he was put in position to be the head coach. Uh, I think that whatever position that he ends up getting with the Sacramento Kings, it would be very beneficial. He is a great eye for young talent. So him being a GM, I would be completely okay with that. I think that he would be an amazing drafter. Um, In terms of player development, I think that he obviously would take a step back from being on a hands-on kind of deal, but it is it honestly makes sense. Alvin Gentry in a front office role, it makes sense. I think that it would be a great thing for the Kings, a great thing for Alvin Gentry, and a great thing for all those young players around to see that like Gentry is honestly a living legend. So being able to look and see somebody like that in your franchise, being able to go to them and talk to them regularly, 
it is a really great thing. And you know what? Maybe it is time for them to get a new voice um, out there on the coaching floor. Who that could be, I I really have no idea. But that that the Kings, I I honestly do feel like give them two three years, they're gonna be a beast. They're gonna be a team that you really do not want to to see during the regular season or in the playoffs. I do think that um, Halliburton trade will come back and bite them. But for now, I think in the, they will do very well um, in the next two, three years. And the last coach that I want to talk about before moving on to the rest of the predictions of what this pod episode is actually about um, is Tom Thibodeau. Actually, Tom Thibodeau, there were two executives who wanted him to be fired at the All-Star break. Now, with that being said, I do think that Tom Thibodeau will end up getting fired at some point uh, during the summer. Obviously, it will be before the draft, but I do think that Tom Thibodeau has worn out his welcome in New York. Um, he, They did really, really well, and now they're doing very poorly, and it doesn't seem like that is going to turn around anytime soon so I think that they're they're definitely going to be making a coaching change especially the way that they're they've been drafting and signing players it's looking like it's moving in a different direction something that uh, Tom Thibodeau coach in my opinion wouldn't be best suited for so I think that they will go out and research their options, but I do think Tom Thibodeau is history for New York. And now to move on to the predicting side of the pod. Um gonna start off on the West and their playing rounds. Um first one being the Clippers and the Timberwolves, which I think the Clippers actually will beat the Timberwolves. Um I think that the Clippers just have a little bit too much firepower for the Timberwolves to deal with. I think that it's going to be an amazing game. Um, probably a little bit more on the lower scoring side. But, you know, I could definitely see... see this turning into like a classic um now do i think the timberwolves will still end up in the playoffs absolutely but i think that the clippers will beat the wolves in this plan <coughs> excuse me in this plan round uh to take the seventh seed and then from there I think the Pelicans beat the Spurs. The Pelicans have just been playing out of their mind, playing so, so well. But I think they will ultimately lose to the T-Wolves, who then take the eighth seed. Moving on to the East, uh, if the Cavs were healthy, I would pick them to beat the Nets. But with them missing so many key pieces, I don't think that 
they'll actually be able to pull that off. So I will pick the Nets to beat the Cavs as they hold on to the seventh seed. Um, or actually, you know what? I need to double check that because I think that the Nets dropped to tenth. Where where are they at? And that's that's the thing. I was looking at an old graphic, so you gotta check this. Um. Oh, yeah, oh, they are the seven seeds. So I do think that um, the Nets would beat the Cavs. Then the Hornets will, in my opinion, will 100% beat the Hawks. The Hawks have been a complete disappointment, and that's for a different pod. But they they really have not lived up to any of the expectations that the, the league has set forth for them and you know it is very unfortunate but like the like I think Nate McMillan is going to end up in that same kind of situation as all these previous coaches that I was mentioning just ending ending up being the scapegoat and having to pack their bags because of it um and then from there, I think the Hornets do beat the Cavs just because, again, they're dealing with too many injuries. The Hornets are healthy. They're playing really, really good basketball. Uh, the only person that they're going to be missing is Gordon Hayward, and they've proven that they can play without Hayward, and they can actually win without Hayward. So I will have to pick the Hornets to go ahead and take that eighth seed. Now, moving on to who I think will actually get out of the East or the West. Um, I originally was going to be picking the Dallas Mavericks to get out of the West. Luka has just been playing on a completely different level, uh, as well as the entire Spurs, or not Spurs, the entire Mavericks team. Um, Jason Kidd really has changed the culture over there in Dallas. He's gotten them to buy in defensively it's it's very impressive to see what Jason Kidd has been able to do with this team I'm like I honestly I'll I'll have to eat eat my words right now because I remember in the beginning of the season I was saying that I can't trust Jason Kidd I think that this team is going to suck um i was right about Christos Porzingis not being the right person to be playing alongside Luka Doncic um, and hoping that they would trade him at some point during the season, just didn't know what they would be able to get. Um, but they, they've they just been, they've proved me wrong. They've turned me into a believer, and I really felt like they had a great shot of getting out of the West. But now with Luca, like he, it doesn't, it's, it's unclear how many games he'll miss, but with a calf strain, it usually takes about 16, 17 days for it to fully heal and to be able to mobilize yourself properly. With that being said, he's going to miss at least two to three games. Um, 
he could miss one to two, but I think that that might be rushing him back a little too soon. And even then, if he rushes back, he's not going to be being not going to be able to play at the same level that he would if he was completely healthy. Because having a calf strain, I don't know who's played basketball, um, who listens to this pod, but it is one of the hardest things to play play through like anything that has to do with like an ankle injury you can work that because after a while the adrenaline is pumping and like it's more so when you stop moving that the ankle that a sprain ankle like really starts to bother you when it comes to muscle strains trying to play through that is one of it's it's not possible it you're going to be in extreme pain and a lot of times you will end up being a liability on the court rather than a positive. So I just, I I can't see the Mavs lasting two to three games without Luca up against the jazz and then being able to come back and beat them. It to me is just not very realistic. Um, So ultimately the, teams or yeah because I had I had to pick two Uh, I couldn't really narrow it down to one but the two teams that I think have a really good chance of getting out of the west are the Suns and the Clippers and the Suns obviously have been playing the best basketball like I've seen in quite a while they're very very impressive Devin Booker is taking that next jump Chris Paul is still doing Chris Paul things DeAndre Ayton has not been like mentally plagued by him not getting a contract, which honestly I really thought was going to be a huge issue for him throughout this season. I was thinking that the Suns would see kind of a dip in their production, but they've they've actually stayed chugging along and actually in some cases have improved from last season, which is a lot to say. Now, I also have to point out that Chris Paul, like having being a Clipper, longtime Clipper fan, I know that Chris Paul just gets injured at the worst times imaginable. And they're always fluky injuries. I don't know what's going on. It sucks for him. Like, it really does suck to see. Chris Paul get injured as often as he does. Uh, People know my opinion on Chris Paul. I do not really like the guy, but I think he is one of the best point guards the game has ever seen. I respect his game. And, you know, a player of his, his skill level, his capability, I really do want to see him win a championship. He deserves to win a championship. Um, though, will it happen? I don't know, because honestly, how, how far the Suns can go really depends on Chris Paul's health, DeAndre Ayton, and to a lesser extent, Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to do what he does. To be completely honest, a lot of Devin Booker's play doesn't translate to 
winning. He's gotten a lot of the players around him better, but I just can't say that um, he he's going to be the one to take them over the hump. It It just... In my opinion, he doesn't do enough on both sides of the court uh, to warrant that that honor. Um, but I do still think that is is between these two uh, teams, the Suns and the Clippers. The Clippers are just getting healthy at the right time, and they've gone through pretty much the entire season not having any of their superstars. And now Paul George and Norman Powell are coming back. They know how to survive strive and actually win without their stars so i think actually integrating norm and pg back into the lineup is going to do tremendous things for them in the playoffs now do i think Kawhi is going to make a return i still don't think that he's going to make a return but if they if he does see it that you know this is a really good chance for us to actually get to the NBA Finals, win a championship, I can see him trying to force himself back uh, onto the floor if we make it into, like, the Western Conference Finals or it looks very clear that we're going to get out of the second round. I think he would probably force himself to get back onto the court in the second round and try his best to help us uh, as much as he could. And now... um, Moving on to the East, <clears throat> uh, again, I had to. I could only narrow it down to two teams uh, for the East, not just one, unfortunately. But I do have to say it's either the Miami Heat or Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks obviously have coasted through the regular season. Drew Holiday was tired. They they're they're good. They've been waiting for the playoffs. That's what they're focused on, and they're going to be ramping it up. Now, there's not many teams in the East that can r- truly, truly hang with the Milwaukee Bucks, especially like I know everybody is super high on Boston, but with the injury of Robert Williams. That is a that is a very very huge issue for them, and it it's going to show on the court. Like yeah, the Celtics outside outside of Robert Williams, none of those guys are slouches on defense. But without Robert Williams on the floor, it is a significant difference because now you have Daniel Tice, who is going to be your your center, or Al Horford. Al Horford isn't that great defensively and then also Daniel Tice he's he's good but he's not Robert Williams so I can't say that the Celtics are gonna make the type of noise that I was expecting them to make in the playoffs due to this injury so that's that's the only reason why I wouldn't include them. Also, the 76ers, I didn't feel comfortable actually putting them in that conversation because even though I think that Joel Embiid is by far and large the MVP, um, I don't think that they have enough defense on that team. 
Um, outside of Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, the team doesn't have great defenders. Their transition defense is it's not that it's not great. Um, they give up a lot of transition points, but ultimately that those are the reasons why I think that the 76ers won't be able to make it too far in the playoffs is just they they don't have enough defense on that team unfortunately um it it does suck because I do want to see Joel Embiid succeed but I just don't think that there's enough defense around him to get that done uh Miami on the other hand like 1 through 15 pretty much everyone is a decent defender or really above average defender and really good defenders the only two players on that team who aren't great defenders are Jimmy Neutron and Tyler Hero um yeah uh, I'm saying Jimmy Neutron because I honestly forgot dude's name it I apologize but homie you you got called jimmy neutron and now that's that's how i see you uh but the miami heat i feel are being overlooked um they have the best coach in the east in eric spolstra they have jimmy butler and cal Lowry, who everybody is talking about oh their offense is gonna suck blah 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 Jimmy Butler, we all know Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry really crank it, crank up the offense when it comes playoff time. So Tyler Hero isn't going to be the only player out there that teams are scheming for. They're going to have to worry about Lowry. They're going to have to worry about Butler. They're going to have to worry about Bam because with all that clicking, Bam is going to be getting open looks. So it, it's going to be a very interesting task. For a lot of teams to actually deal with the Miami Heat in a seven-game series, it's one, like, yeah, maybe you got a team might win one game, but those Miami Heat, like, they're very, very smart over there. Huge, like, very high basketball IQ. So I think that any issue that they run into during the playoffs they're going to make adjustments and figure it out by the next game, if not sooner. And then, of course, Milwaukee Bucks, like I was saying, they've been coasting this entire season, but it it's going to be hard not to choose them, especially because they know what it takes. And in my opinion, they have the second best player in the NBA right now. Um for clarification, I think the three best players in the NBA are Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. So, those are the two teams that I see actually, like, that could make it out. When it comes down to it, between those two, if I really had to pick one, I'm going to pick the Miami Heat. It's just, I, I really, really trust Eric Spolstra. I trust that roster that they put together. It is very, very dangerous and intimidating. That's something that, like, as somebody who, 
like really loves basketball, that's a team that really reminds me of like the Spurs, but a more rough, tough, gritty, in-your-face version of the Spurs. They just play the right type of basketball, and they get it done. Now, in the same same deal with the West, I guess I'll do the same. Um, if I really had to pick one, I'm going to pick the Clippers um, just because I don't trust Chris Paul to stay healthy the entire postseason. Um, not wishing anything on him is just speaking factually. He always ends up getting injured in the worst times. Knock on wood, it does not happen, but this just historically it's something that happens quite often um but with that being said my finals really in my prediction will be the clippers versus the heat now a lot of people might be saying like oh he's being a homer trust me guys like the Clippers are a team, one of the teams that I'm the hardest on. The team that I'm the hardest on is the Lakers because I hate them. Uh, don't hate them. It's just a friendly rivalry. But I am very critical of the Clippers. I'm very critical of what they do, how they play. But really, these last few months they've been playing extremely good basketball they've been doing the right things they've been getting back on defense they're performing very very well they're hungry every single player on that team is hungry they're playing like this is their first year in the league which I love first year in the league in terms of like not skill wise but just their hunger level and wanting to get things done so that and that's what my finals would look like when it comes down to it if i have to pick a winner between those two i am going to pick the miami heat um especially because i'm working in the assumption that Kawhi leonard is not going to come back this season now down the road if we hear that Kawhi leonard is going to be coming back i definitely would have to pause and look at it a little bit closer but you know, it's, it's still a very, very tight, very, very tight uh, playoff series. If it were to happen, which I do think it will, uh, it will be an instant classic, something that people will be talking about for years to come. And with that being said, I will call it an episode here. Um Thank you guys for tuning in again. I really do appreciate it. Hope that everybody stays safe and healthy. Uh, It is starting to get a little bit warmer out here in L.A. So if you're here in L.A., make sure you're staying hydrated. And before I get out of here, I just want to say that really love all the support and can't wait to keep putting out episodes for you guys until then see you guys next time peace